Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome everybody. All right, we're taking on a very confusing show today. Many people, this show is called uh, Polyamor versus Polygamy. And a lot of people confuse polyamory, polygamy, uh, polygamy, uh, polygeny, and polyandry. And this is, like I just confused it, by the way. And this confusion is not surprising because these are fairly new terms that people are actually talking about. Uh, while these are all different relationship styles, it really involves more than two people. And there are some key differences between them. So, in short, uh, polyamory is the act of having intimate relationships with more than one person at the same time. And, and basically, a, a polyamorous person might have or might be open to having multiple romantic partners. Now, in polygamy, on the other hand, it involves being married to multiple partners. And some polyamorous people are married and have partners outside the marriage. However, polygamy exclusively describes relationships where people are married. So polyandry and polygyny are both forms of polygamy. In other words, they involve marriage too. Now, polyamory and polygamy might sound similar, but in practice, they're a lot different. Uh, Polyamory and polygamy are both gender-neutral terms, and they refer to a woman having multiple partners with any gender, and men having multiple partners with any gender, and then non-binary people having partners of gender. And so, in in polygyny, uh, specifically refers to a man who has multiple wives. Polyandry refers to a woman who has multiple husbands. And so I know this is all confusing, but we'll narrow it all down because we'll get into the psychology of it. But what I want to do is is basically frame up what we're talking about and how to understand it. Because these terms are becoming very uh, – not controversial, but there people are really experiencing these kind of relationships these days, and that can be very confusing, and that can also lead to all kinds of different psychological uh, outcomes and and also uh, conflict outcomes. So while polyamory is about intimate relationships with all kinds, including dating and marriage, polygamy specifically refers to marriage, and as does uh, polygyny and polyandry. And some people practice polygamy because of their religious beliefs. For example, some Mormons, some Muslims practice polygamy, although uh, many do not. In fact, some Muslims and Mormons oppose polygamy. And and historically, many countries don't allow people to have multiple legal spouses. You know, many, many polygamous people don't have their marriages recognized by the state. In other words, it's a de facto marriage and not a legally sanctioned marriage. And in some countries, including countries in North Africa, in the Middle East, polygamy is legal. And in other countries, polygamy is illegal, but not a criminal offense. In other countries, like the United States, polygamy is illegal and criminalized. And so in some places, polygamy is legal. 
and 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 mostly only that polygamy uh, polygyny is legal. In other words, men can have multiple wives, but women can't have multiple husbands. So the rules change all over the world. But polyamory and polygamy and polyandry are all different forms of non-monogamy. In other words, they are different kinds of non-monogamous relationship structures as they involve one or more people having multiple partners. And in the case of polygamy, the appeal is usually cultural or religious, although this isn't always the case. So when it comes to polymory, consensual non-monogamy in general, there are many reasons why people want a non-monogamous relationship. For example, you or your partner feel attracted to others while still feeling attracted to each other. Or you or your partner want to uh, love multiple people at the same time. Or one person may not want to have sex or do certain sex acts or kinks while the other wants that. So you may want to experience romantic love or sex with someone of a different gender than your partner. But the idea of dating multiple people feels liberating and appealing. And that's why some people do it. The idea of, uh, you know, you're interested in experimenting out of curiosity. A lot of people go down that direction. But non-monogamy has multiple benefits, although it isn't for everybody. And many people find it the most comfortable and freeing relationship style for them. You know, but there's some things you really have to consider when you're considering these kind of relationships. As you can imagine, there's plenty of popular myths and misconceptions about these relationship styles, partly because there's a lot of stigma and media misrepresentation of polyamory and polygamy. So, you know, it's not a disorder. You know, being attracted to or wanting to date multiple people is, isn't a disorder at all. Some people are able to love multiple people at the same time. And it's, it, it's not a form of cheating because polyamory isn't the same as cheating. The difference between polyamory and cheating is consent. And if your partner consents to you having other partners, it isn't cheating. It's polyamory. And so it's important to understand the differences here. And also we're talking about people, adults, uh, agreeing to have relationships like this. You know, is it possible to cheat or break boundaries in your relationship? You know, they can cheat. You know, being polyamorous uh, uh, doesn't mean that anything goes. As in every relationship, it's really important to respect your partner's boundaries. If you overstep those boundaries, you could be considered cheating. For example, you know, if your partner only consents to dating people they know and you date someone they don't know without telling them, that's cheating. You know, and it's also, it's not the same as having an open relationship, which that's another confusing thing. If you have an open relationship, it involves allowing your partner to have sex with other people. Swinging usually involves couples swapping sexual partners. While polyamorous people might have open relationships or be swingers, it isn't exactly the same. Many polyamorous people don't swing, and they have closed relationships, meaning that someone might have multiple partners, but not date or sleep with anyone outside the group. And some polyamorous people might not have sex at all. So that's another interesting thing. But all relationships have their challenges, including polyamorous ones. There's a misconception that these people that do polyamory are only polyamorous because they can't commit. 
That's not true. In fact, they're open to committing to multiple partners. You know, it's worth noting that, you know, uh, there's a study in 2018 that looked at people who are monogamous and people who are consensually non-monogamous and found no difference in relationship satisfaction between those groups. Now, that is how we have changed as a society. And I find that very interesting. And in the psychiatry world, when you're dealing with couples, now we have to become much more aware of how people operate in their relationship, that assuming uh, something is going to be a more traditional style is not going to be the case. And it really has never been. And since I've been in this profession, you have to treat each couple differently as they are, as the individuals they are, and develop treatment plans that are basically centered around their life, their concerns, and their needs. But the majority of people have only ever uh, have only ever seen monogamy being practiced, and that's the majority of people in the world that they see monogamy, and then they see people cheating. You know, the truth is that monogamy is only one way to have a relationship. There's plenty of other dynamics out there. You know, there's this monogamish, which is where someone is most, mostly monogamous, but might be open to sex or romantic relationships with others. And then there's the polyflexible, when someone is have, happy to, uh, and being in monogamous or non-monogamous relationship, they're satisfied either way. And then there's polyfidelity. And this is where partners in a group are equal and agree not to have sexual or romantic relationships outside the group. And then there's casual sex. You heard of this one, you know, casual sex where your sexual partners have no expectations about monogamy and uh, about exclusivity. And it can be a form of ethical non-monogamy because you're consensually having encounters with multiple people. Then there's casual dating. And that's similar to casual sex. And this is where you date multiple people while clearly stating that there are no expectations about monogamy. Then there's the triad, the the throuple. This is where three people date each other. Then the quad. A lot of younger people are doing this, by the way. Uh, Like a triad, a quad is a relationship involving four people. And then a V is known as B. (laughs) This is where one person is dating two people, but those two people aren't dating one another. Isn't this amazing how confusing we can make our lives? <laughs> you know, the, the, the less of a there's a thing called a relationship anarchy, and, and this is uh, more about philosophy or approach to relationships. This is where the rules and the expectations for relationships aren't determined by assumptions, but by specific agreements uh, with those specific people. For example, two friends might have sex. Although sex isn't commonly a part of what we call friendship, they might agree that it's something they want in their relationship. Or, as we know, having open relationships. This is where people, uh, like a couple, has sex with other people, but usually not romantic relationships. And then there's the unicorns, and they're considered an insult. The word unicorn is used to describe a person who has sex with couples. This isn't a bisexual or a pansexual woman who has sex with a couple that includes one man and one woman. The unicorn isn't usually considered a part of the couple, but a sexual partner only. And then there's solo polyamory. This is where someone has intimate relationships with many people, but lives an independent life. And they might not want to intertwine their lives with a partner, for example example, through marriage or living together, having children, moving abroad. 
And, and there's many other relationship styles, you know, uh, and it's amazing that we could go into microcosms of what these even are. You know, there's no test to figure out whether polyamory is right for you, but there are a few questions you can ask yourself in order to discover whether it's worth it. Uh, you, do you feel that you're capable of being attracted to more than one person? And if so, what does attraction mean to you? Or do you feel capable of committing to multiple people? What would that commitment look like? How do, how do you handle jealousy? You know, plenty of, of polyamorous people feel jealous, and that's nothing to be ashamed of. But you're able to process your jealousy and communicate that about with your partner. That's more important. Are you able to do that? Are you able to organize and prioritize your time well? Having one partner takes time and work. Having multiple partners takes even more time and work. So if you're going to date multiple people, time management will come in handy. You know, you want to consider the idea of loving someone who has another partner. You know, would you feel comfortable with that? You know, polyamory looks different to different people. And many people adjust their relationship boundaries and expectations based on their needs, their their capacity in life, their, their, their desires, where they are, and, and, you know, how busy are they. Um, there's a lot of information out there on polymory, and and I recommend that you do the research like I did. You know, there's resources out there that can help you understanding different forms of of ethical non-monogamy or or, or choosing the right relationship. You know, talking to people uh, to set boundaries, navigating jealousy, communicating with your partners, telling friends and family about your relationships. Do you really want to do that? You know, uh, managing your time. That's very important. And if you're interested in polyamory, it's a good idea to talk to your current partner about it and be honest and upfront. It's common for a lot of people to feel like they're not enough when their partner brings up an interest in non-monogamy, which is totally valid feeling. And, and you know, just bringing it up can be a big bomb in your relationship. You know, you have to emphasize, if you're going to talk about it, why you're interested in ethical non-monogamy. In other words, remind that it's not because you don't love them or aren't satisfied with them. But you might find it helpful to connect with, you know, ethically non-monogamous people out there, whether it's a, a platonic, a romantic, or a sexual way. You know, join online communities or blogs or whatever to try to get your information and try to understand exactly what you're getting into. You know... Polly and uh, Amori virtually was unknown 20 years ago, and it's become a, a new buzzword in, in the, the, the social media out there and in Facebook and all that stuff. And many people confuse polyamory with polygamy, you know, for good reason, because both are rather unconventional in uh, contemporary Western society, and neither polyamory nor polygamy are practiced by even familiar to the mainstream. But the words sound quite similar. And a lot uh, in the beginning with poly, which is a Greek root word for many, many is what poly means. So both terms describe multiple partner relationships. Even with the similarities, there's many significant differences of these, as we have talked about previously. But let's go back and reinforce because this is the center of this particular the, this particular show. Is polyamory means multiple loves, polygamy means multiple spouses. Polyamory is a form of consensual non-monogamy with emotional intimate relationships among multiple people that also can be sexual 
and have romantic partners. In its most common form, polygamy is actually polygyny, which is one man marries multiple women. You know, there's there's a lot of reasons how these things are different from each other, too. And we'll go into that and, and break that out later on in the show. But really, you know, looking at all this, we really have to understand, are there health consequences, you know, to polyamory? Having multiple sexual partners carries the risk of sexually transmitted infections. So STIs, by the way. And before people enter into a sexual relationship with any new partner, they need to discuss their sexual histories with the new partners. That's important. If you're going to jump into that world, don't just jump into that world without understanding how this is going to affect each other's health. You know, a, a study uh, that was involved with polyamory found that people practicing polyamory reported taking more precautions than those in monogamous relationships. They used condoms most of the time when they had sex, and they were also involved in getting themselves and their partners tested for STIs frequently. So that's the good part of it, that they're a little more conscientious about safety. And just like polygamy, polyamory is not for everyone. Like any relationship, polygamy also involves commitment with multiple partners. But the effort to maintain each relationship needs constant work, a sound mental state. And I'm telling you, a lot of people jump into this stuff and have major depressive disorders. They have uh, bipolar disorders. They have manic features. God only knows there's borderlines out there. There's personality disorders. So you really have to watch out for what you're getting into. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to discuss the differences, and we're going to discuss the impacts from a psychological perspective. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about polyamory, and we're talking about polygamy also. But polyamory, I'm going to focus on right now. You know, it's, uh, once again, the form of consensual non-monogamous sex in a couple. So it's also different from other types of uh, uh, non-monogamy such as swinging or open relationships. You don't want to confuse that, uh, in which people, partners interact with each other mainly because of sexual intentions. So, you know, it's not also, uh, polymory is not a sexual disorder or a personality disorder. It's simply an alternate way of living people's lives. Hypersexuality, however, is a sexual behavior disorder that's treated in the psychiatric world. It's also called compulsive sexual behavior or hypersexuality disorder or sexual addiction. People suffering from hypersexuality are always preoccupied with feelings of sex to the point that it affects them emotionally, personally, and professionally. And some may desire to enter polyamory, but they can't control their feelings and can decide not to go for it. Some relationships start as polyamorous and later may revert to monogamy. And and so that's always subject to consent from both partners. So it generally does not cause devastating disturbances, at least from the, 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 the research that's out there, and professional lives as seen with people suffering from hypersexuality where they go out there and start having affairs. You know, the whole thing about a relationship is it's based on trust. And, and I've said this many times, but you love someone and not trust them. But when you trust someone, the love grows. All the conflicts you're ever going to have in a relationship are trust issues. And so the bottom line is we really have to understand that when you enter a polyamorous world, you're mixing three different people with three different views of life, three different wants and needs, three different roots of, of motivation. And, and you're putting these people together and you really have to understand that it's hard enough to have trust with one person, but then to have trust with three people can be very uh, difficult because things happen like triangulation where two start to pick on one or they start talking behind each other's back or they have sex behind each other's back and and there's this silent dialogue or this silent lie that just sits there and that can cause a lot of problems in these type of relationships. That's why the couples need to be consensual. They need to have good rules. They need to have clear communication. They need to manage that impact and they probably need a therapist. Um, You know, the polyamorous couple may need that counseling to cope with their feelings and talk it out about how they really feel in the type of relationship. You know, um, 
it's important that you manage that and respect the relationship, respect your commitments, because if you want to lose your integrity and you do a polyamorous thing and you're, you're entering that in a world where people are leery or don't accept it, you're also having uh, uh, problems with people viewing you differently than you've ever been viewed before. And that can cause an impact on you depending on who understands that, about what you're doing. But, uh, you know, it's really good to cut down and understand that, that, uh, you know, the concept of polymory actually has been around for many, 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 many years. The problem is it's never really been fully talked about or disclosed. But nowadays, it's an open conversation even when you're dating, it's something people bring up that, you know, I don't care if we do this, that's fine. Um, a lot of people, you know, will introduce having a third party into their sex life. You know, 20 years ago or maybe even less, that was looked at as a bad thing by the majority of society and people would be prejudiced against by society. These days, the younger people are oftentimes jumping into relationships like this and people into their 30s and 40s, 50s, even on up are also entering to in relationships like this in their own style, in their own ways, with their own rules, dependent on their relationships. But if you're trying to just shake up your sex life, that may be a good thing uh, and, and by you know inviting a third party in. But then you also have to consider the impact it's having on your love life and your relations. And God forbid you have EDD or something like that. That may be something that you feel less than and everybody else is getting more out of it. EDD, erectile dysfunction, is what I'm talking about. You know, it, now polygamy, that's been around ever since people created marriage. You know, uh, even Abraham, Jacob, look in the Bible, David, Solomon, you know, from the Old Testament, they had multiple wives. And did a lot of begetting with them all. Wealthy men have had access to multiple women, women in every society, past and present. And, and that anthropologists and even sociologists have identified this. Sometimes this access is thinly veiled by deceit with uh, covert mistresses or commerce with prostitutes. And at many times, powerful men, access to multiple women is condoned by religious and state authorities. But today, polygamy is most common in Asia, Middle East, and Africa, in which the customs limit women's access to have multiple male partners and condone men having access to multiple wives. In, in some cases, women are also limited from uh, accessing public space or driving, which makes it difficult to go to school or get to work or arrange for a, uh, a covert relationship. So, you know, it, it's it's... Also, uh, many women are limited in their access to education and personal freedom. That polyamory, as opposed to polygamy, is most popular areas that allow women greater access to those things. So polyamory uh, is most common in Australia, in Canada, the U.S. You know, all, all regions and laws that, uh, that encode equity between men and women have high rates of female literacy. So, yes, in polyamory... Uh, also, education plays a big role in that, in a sense of understanding the impact, understanding the, the human factors that involve these kind of uh, consensual relationships. So, you know, depending on the region, 
Both polygamy and polyamory face various degrees of marginalization. With polygamy is, is unremarkable in regions of Asia and Middle East and Africa. Polyamory is relatively blasé among liberals, especially here in Seattle, in uh, London, Paris, Stockholm, you know, elsewhere. Both are generally viewed as bewildered at a minimum and perhaps even dangerous. And so as we talk to people in the Midwest, I'm sure their ears are pricked right now trying to listen to this show and going, what in the world's going on out there? But the truth is, in these big cities like New York and, and, and Portland, places like that, you know, uh, Berkeley, uh, Los Angeles, you're going to find this is all over the place. And, and, and most mainstream uh, polygenists and polyamorous folks in the U.S. live in urban and suburban areas, blending seamlessly into neighborhoods. Because so many people have ex-spouses and new partners with kids from previous marriage, neighbors most likely do not even notice these kind of relationships going on around them. And the stereotype of polyamorous people living in a commune in California was true for a slightly longer set of people in the 60s and 70s, but is much less today. Many people across the world live in shared housing, either with their partners, their children, their family members, their friends, or their roommates. And so polyamorous groupings tend to blend in with that trend of sharing housing or living or having roommates as, as units of two to five, or especially those who identify as a solo poly that, that can afford to live by themselves. You know, stereotyping of enormous uh, po uh, polygenous families who live in compounds in the desert keep their women from learning to read or arrange marriages between much older men and 13-year-old wives or who are, are mothers by 14 is true only for a few minor, more minority families. Um, but far more poly, uh, polyamorous families lead rem unremarkable lives. They go to work, they raise their kids, they pay their taxes, they pay their bills. Unfortunately, the families have gotten so much bad press uh, that it has tainted the entire category of polygenous families, but that attitude overlooks the ways in which polygenous families can benefit some women, especially when the women have access to other options and choose as adults to establish or join polygenous families. You know, it, it's, it, it's, it's strange, but that is where we're going, and that's where things have been going. Uh, and, and I'm not condoning it. I'm just telling you it's there. It's there and it's it's real and it's alive and it's it's vital in some people's relationships. You know, but the thing about the STIs is you really got to think about that. And you also just like polygamy, you know, polyamory is not for everyone. Like any relationship, polygamy also involves commitment with multiple partners. Now, poly polygamy is illegal in the United States. It's a criminal offense. So you have to remember that, you know, but polyamory really encompasses more than just physical aspects. A healthy relationship really requires four things. The first one I mentioned early, and that's trust. Trust is huge. If you do trust and you do it well in a relationship, that relationship has legs to stand on. If you are not an honest person, if you lie, even white lies, if, if you're holding information back from your partner, that is destructive to the relationship. 
it's important that you trust each other. And if you don't value that, you are tearing the book binder off the book. Also, communication. People don't realize how important communication really, really is because that's where respect is found. And people that are in a relationship, whether it's polyamory or not, it's very important for them to be open to listening and have compassion to listen to their partner or partners. Also, consent. And that takes maturity. And and, and maturity is often what gets us into the very, 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 very high divorce rate that we see today. Consent and lies. Also, respect. Now, in a relationship, respect is listening. That means if you're a good listener in your relationship, you're going to be a good partner because you're offering your partner respect. There's a lot of people out there that are horrible listeners especially the other spouse, and they talk over each other, and they want control, and they want to dictate everybody's lives, that can't happen. It's not going to happen because there's going to be resentment, and resentment often shows up in the bedroom. And then we find two lonely people needing to make a new choice to satisfy their sexual desires. Do we do pornography? Do we do polyamory? Do we have affairs? How are we going to handle that loneliness? Because we can't communicate, and now we resent each other. Now we tell lies to each other. Now we don't like each other. So it goes to the bedroom. And, and so sadly, that's how some of these folks stumble into a polyamorous relationship. You know, it, it's, got, it's not going to work unless all partners agree with the arrangement and have the maturity to deal with the arrangement. To know if polyamory is right for you, you should be ready to deal with issues that may come with it. Some of the situations you may need to handle that include jealousy, emotional intimacy with multiple people. Some people get into a polyamorous relationship and then they move on. And what I don't know what they do. Did, did they vote the other partner out or <laughs> I'm not sure how that goes, but but the bottom line is is something's gonna happen sometimes and people are going to change what they want and when that happens they oftentimes move to another person and then another person and then another person and all of a sudden those people become their friends then they throw a party and then all the people that are that they've been in polyamorous relationships are actually together in the house now what's going to happen there you know but that's what happens a lot of friendships take place in this where they decide not to be sexual but then they decide okay we're going to have another partner and then they just keep stacking up and since they're putting all their energy into this kind of a relationship what happens is they become friends and then that overlaps in a whole lot of different places you know (laughs) sometimes you might just lie awake next to your partner You know, probably they're not awful, but they are uh, most certainly a little bit boring because that happens in relationships. We're boring people. We can be. Yes, there's a lot of people that are deep thinkers and think a lot and hyperactive. But but the bottom line is a lot of people are just quiet and, um, you know, and some people are not. But but it's been, you know, quite a long time in a relationship. And so. You know, sex is okay, but not great because it's married sex and uh, or it's long-term relationship sex. It's not the honeymoon phase. 
So there's so something so special about undressing someone for the first time and, and feeling their excitement in, their, in your hands and hearing them say rude words to you in lust. But you don't want to give up the relationship you're already in, which is pretty good. And some this is how people end up landing in this crap. You know, maybe you have children or a joint home. You put a lot into work. You don't want to lose everything. You don't want to uh, find out what the person is when you get divorced because you never know who you marry till you divorce them. And that means going cutting your income in half. Some people, it means their children are going to live in poverty and they're going to have two parents bickering and they have to put the kids in the middle. You know, But that's what's at stake here, especially if you're having children. If you're going to have a polyamorous relationship and you have children, you are putting a bomb in your children's life, potentially, and a confusion in your children's life to see you do that or try to understand what you're doing. Um, and, and believe me, kids are smart. They figure things out. And uh, they may figure it out a few years later, but they figure things out. And so you really have to understand when you're getting into this, this affects everybody, especially if it's going to rip a family apart. So th there's, there's downsides to this, and you really have to think about that. You know, it, it sounds so plausible, an ideal way out of our society's collective hypocrisy around sexual desire. However, the problem is with this kind of a thing, it can't be taken lightly. You know, maybe you know someone from the tennis club who's said to be a polyamory. They seem to be normal, very sane, extremely cheerful. You know, that maybe there's a, uh, a magazine article describing how polyamory is becoming more fashionable in Paris and is gaining op uh, popularity in Vancouver, probably the entire Pacific Northwest, by the way. And uh, apparently plenty of others in ma uh, uh, manage it. Why shouldn't you? You know, polyamory looks like it could be, the, you know, as other people suggest, the future of relationships in general and, and more urgently of yours in particular. And like many aspects of existence, polyamory is convincing in principle. But big general ideas usually are, and they to take an example in principle, many people feel it would be nice to give up on the rat race in the city and relocate to the countryside. And then they find out the countryside is completely boring and unsatisfying. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back and we're talking about the downside and the pros and cons to polygamy and uh, polyamorous folks. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. 
Tune in for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. What's the difference between leaders who achieve exceptional results with ease and those who struggle to keep up? Tune in for Leading on Purpose with Nicole Bendeley. You'll discover the simple practices that are making the biggest difference to a leader's success today. You'll meet leaders who are bringing out the best in their teams. You'll gain practical strategies to lead yourself and others to high performance with ease. Leading on Purpose airs live Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, Please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about polygamy and uh, polyamory, you know, and and I'm going to finish up here on polyamory, and then I'm going to move to polygamy just a little bit here. Once again, polygamy is illegal in the United States. It's a criminal activity, so I'm not encouraging polygamy. I'm just trying to understand it because there is some uh, consensual type of relationships where people do pseudo-marriages and uh, do this polygamous type of stuff. And uh, so that can be a complication. But the problem with principles is that they're perilously prone to leave out the details. And jumping into a polyamorous or polygamous relationship is, is the, you know, there's a lot of problems in it. And, and they, you know, it, it, we forget that if we move uh, to, to a different country, uh, we'll be hampered in our plans uh, to out to the country, excuse me, we'll, we'll be, not be able to order sushi or, and things get expensive and tractors start up at 5.30. And, you know, we don't think about all these type of things where people uh, might be more gossipy in the country and we might be left out of uh, a lot of things that we used to participate in. You know, so we forget those kind of details and, and we don't really understand that in a polymorous or a polygamous type of relationships, uh, we when certain times in general, you know, if, if polymory strikes as a mature, viable option for organizing our sex lives, we really have to hold the details in mind. We should picture how challenging it can be when uh, if you're with someone else, your partner gives uh, goes into the bedroom and you go in the bedroom with someone else. And all of a sudden you have to uh, hear them having an orgasm with someone else. You know, that can be pretty confusing. You know, we may forget, too, that once we sign up for polyamory, it won't be entirely straightforward to locate other people who excite us deeply because you both have to agree on it. And you may be attracted to different things. And, of course, you know, you may have offers from types you you, you don't really like, except it will now be an uh, agony to explain why we don't want them. 
You know, and even if we do find someone we favor, it may turn out that their sexual tastes don't quite match ours. And they may share our love of, of spanking, but it could be harder and softer than we ideally prefer, if that's what you're into. Or they might indeed, you know, shout obscenities, you know, but their rapport risks uh, may, uh, they might refuse to, to wear something that you want them to wear, um, which may be a deal breaker, or they may, you know, do weird things or make weird sounds or whatever that you never forecasted. So you really need to think about that. We also tend to forget how nice it is when something is fully ours. As children, we never actually liked sharing our toys. And through borrowing them was pretty nice. But when we were five, we deeply resented if other children took the fire engine and started a cooking game with a, with a miniature kitchen. You know, uh, those type of things can run deep. You know, if you've got a busy life, also, a polymori takes a lot of time to organize it. Uh, you know, our prospective partners may be busy just that night that we're free or more inclined to be with someone. And so, you know, <laughs> that's not a good thing, despite, you know, it could cause an affair. And uh, that could run the marriage or run the relationship. You know, despite the freewheeling atmosphere, even in polymory, there will be some surprising, tricky, intractable emotions to deal with. And there will be splits, there will be painful endings, feelings of abandonment, moments of rage, and, and we'll be exposed to the inner trip, uh, world of another person and, and three people. And that could be blow the doors off. So there's no dispute at all that polymory will work for some people. But like many uh, very alluring ideas, this doesn't mean that it will work for most of us. You know, most likely, if we become polyamorous, we will once again encounter almost all of the problems we once known in our monogamous relationships. Far more often, more chaotically, and with a greater sense of uh, a violated expectation. And then, God forbid, we talk about love languages. You know, if they get into some kind of committed relationship and they do more than just the poly polyamory type of thing, uh, that can also uh, be a problem. Let's say you get somebody that, that has mental problems and they want to use you both as therapists. That can be a deal breaker. Also a borderline who plagues people against each other. That could be awful. You know, it, it, now looking at polygamy, it's not a new concept. You know, and like I said, it's been th throughout the history of sex. But, you know, the, 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 there's a bigger selection in polygamy of partners. Uh, another advantage is that there will be a variety of different partners available. In fact, if you live in a, a polygamous relationship, you can have multiple partners at the same time without being accused of cheating. You know, and the exact number is up to you. And like I said, this is in Africa and Asia and the Middle East. That's where it's more uh, likely to be found. You know, once again, it's illegal in the United States. It's a criminal act. So I'm not encouraging this. I'm just informing you. So, you know, a, a bigger variety of different partners can make your life easier in the sense that you can choose from whom you want to spend your time with. There's also a lower risk that people get bored in a marriage. Another benefit of polygamy is that there will be lower risk that people get bored in their marriage. Let's be honest. In our current state of the world, most marriages are just maintained since people are too lazy to divorce. Some people also fear the financial consequences of divorce. And some people stay married just for the children. However, most people in marriage get bored 
over time and urgently want some experience, something new, yet they will not be allowed to do so since they are only allowed to have one spouse in a conventional monogamous relationship. And a conventional monogamous relationship, if it's not handled right, if it's not healthy, that can be the loneliest place in the universe. You know, in order to give people the option to explore new partners and to make life more interesting in general, polygamy can also make quite a lot of sense in that regard. You know, bigger families imply more connections. So you, if you live in a, a polygamous relationship, your family will be larger and the family of people who live in monogamous relationships. In turn, this implies that you will have more connections, a stronger social network. Um, you know, for instance, if you want to get a demanding corporate job that pays quite a lot of money, your chances will increase significantly if you have connections inside the company. Same is true for many other parts of life. Therefore, polygamy can also increase your overall chances in general. So I'm not selling it to you. I'm just telling you why people often do this. You know, you can expand your gene pool also if you're in a polygamous relationship. You know, monogamous uh, people do cheat on their partners at some times. Some people do. And, and they'll no longer be necessary. Feelings would not be heard as often in a monogamous relationship if you were in a polygamous relationship where people actually agree. And it also can be a problem, you know, polygamy from a legal perspective. While there's many advantages to polygamy, the concept also has problems. You know, for instance, one disadvantage of polygamy is that, uh, that uh, it can be problematic from a legal perspective. In fact, many countries all over the world, polygamy is not permitted by law. Marrying multiple partners is simply not allowed because of the legal consequences that happen. And, you know, if, if you're inspired into that lifestyle, you may have to keep it secret and discreet instead of bragging about it in front of your friends. You know, it's not something you want to get drunk and let the world know about. You know, as far as from a religious perspective, it can be a real problem, too. In fact, many religious people think that monogamy is the way to go and that everything else will not be in line with your religious beliefs. Consequently, people who live in regions where religious beliefs are quite important, they may have a hard time living in a polygamous lifestyle since they may get socially excluded. It also leads to jealousy. You know, polygamy can also lead to serious levels of jealousy. In fact, while a lot of partners claim that they're satisfied with polygamous relationships, they're not actually, and, and they know it deep inside. In turn, spouses may become quite jealous over time, and jealousy is problematic because one may want to get out and the other may not. Also, in the long run, jealousy may translate into fear and desperation, also a state where some spouses feel neglected and in turn greatly lowers the overall satisfaction, and that means nagging, nagging, nagging. Yes, and if you like multiple naggers, that can drag the soul straight out of your body. Um, you know, if you have multiple partners and you have, you will have to provide for them, and that is a problem in polygamy. And this can also be quite problematic from a financial standpoint. In fact, many people underestimate the cost related to polygamy and are surprised how expensive it can be to have multiple partners. In fact, you will often have to pay for the shopping trips of multiple partners. Also have to buy presents for your spouses from time to time. What about insurance? What about cars? What about kids? What about college? You know, the more spouses you have, the more expensive your lifestyle will be. And you need a bigger home. And how will you do your will? 
you know, uh, uh, another problem with polygamy is that you will also need a, 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 a home that accommodates all of your spouses. Or this implies that you have to pay a much higher rent compared to a state where you are in a monogamous relationship. And also, it may promote gender inequality. Opponents of polygamy also claim that this concept promotes gender inequality. In fact, in regions where men have multiple wives, those wives often only have uh, you know, certain amounts of rights. And in turn, those wives often don't have the opportunity to educate themselves or to work the job that they want to. You know, uh, some spouses may be treated poorly. In general, spouses and polygamous partners are often treated poorly. In fact, the incentive to treat your partners with respect decreases with polygamy since you will have a bigger selection of spouses and will not care too much whether a partner leaves you or not. Thus, polygamy may also decrease the level of respect for each other in the long run. And it may also decrease the level of integrity that you are seen as, especially if the kids don't grow up wanting to be uh, with a, a polygamous uh, parents. They may find that revolting and may not have a relationship with you. So they're going to form their own opinions in their lives, in their schools, with their friends. You know, the, the, uh, another thing is that tensions in these kind of relationships are, will be quite common. You know, your partners may claim that they are fine with you having multiple partners, but they will often not be fine with it all, especially if it impacts them financially and if it impacts their choices and especially if it impacts their children. You know, uh, uh, talking about having favorites, that can be a big problem. And we all know people have favorites. Well, you get favorites in polygamous relationships, and man, you're going to stir the pot. You know, polygamous relationships can also lead to where spouses get stuck in unhappy marriages, and spouses will be treated rather poorly and will not be allowed to earn their own money. And in terrible, the level of dependence on their partner is enormous. And those spouses will often not be able to leave the marriage due to financial reasons, even though they may not be happier in their marriage at all. That means children can be neglected and their needs not get met. Also, it, they tend to have a lot of children. And if there's too many children in a household, chances are that some of those children will suffer from serious neglect. So those children may not get enough food or not have the opportunity to get a proper education. And what if one chooses to divorce? Well, if they divorce, guess what? It's going to take everybody's income down, you know, and that's a lot to carry for a man, especially a man that are more susceptible to die from stress causes. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just trying to give you information. We all have free will and people will do what they want. So that's our show. I want to thank you for listening. I'd love to hear from you. And you could do that through our webpage at voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You know, what would happen to your self-esteem if a polyamorous sex and both are disappointed in your performance? Hmm. You know, polyamory is wrong. It's either multiamory or polyphilia. You can't mix Greek and Latin roots. It's so wrong. <laughs> All right, that's our show. Thank you for listening. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. We'll be right back. 